Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Emotionally Intelligent Parenting Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pinto, I'm your host, and I'm a mum of two and a wife to one. I love everything emotionally intelligent parenting, as you may know, and I'm also a best-selling author and international speaker and an award-winning coach, so I'm stoked about that. And um, I really want to thank you guys for being here today. This is going to be a pretty cool episode about how sometimes we have these hidden um, hypocritical habits. (laughs) I think that's what I have to name this episode. Hidden hypocritical habits. Wow, that's a bit of a tongue twister. Okay, so just before we get started, I do want to acknowledge the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live and work and record this podcast. I pay my respects to all First Nations people, elders and ancestors, and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. Okay, let's jump straight in. I really want to talk about why we do need to start this emotionally intelligent parenting, raising emotionally intelligent kids work with us. Um, There are so many people out there who love things like emotion books for kids, posters, you know, all these resources. And I've, I've made some of them. I've got some of them on my website. If you have been on my website, if you've been to stephaniepinto.com slash resources, you will see there's tons of things out there that you can use with your kids. And so I know that there's so many of us who want to instill these habits in our kids. We want to teach them these values. We want to help them to become emotionally intelligent. Like I do (laughs) for our kids. That is something that's in the forefront of my mind even more so than their academic knowledge and their, you know, how they go in tests and in testing situations and exams and later to come. My kids are younger still, but that stuff is nowhere near as important to me as how are my kids socially and emotionally? Are they resilient? Are they kind? Are they confident? Are they um, compassionate? Are they empathetic? Are they driven? Do they have boundaries? Oh gosh, you know, all of this stuff that um, I hope you're here to listen about on the podcast because that's the stuff I love talking about. You know, this stuff, we do want to raise our kids with these values and these skills, but I can't stress it enough if we are not modeling these values, if we're not using these skills every day, you know, if we're not kind of walking the walk, then our kids are not going to be raised with these these skills and these habits right um so i really want to talk about that today um and as i said we've we've got some of these hidden hypocritical hypocritical habits (laughs) i can't even say it it's that much of a tongue twister um but really no one does like a hypocrite right you know if we think of someone in our life maybe someone at work a friend, a neighbor, someone in your extended family. I don't know. We all know people who sometimes kind of preach one thing and then do another, right? And and that can really trigger us. You know, I, I know I have people in my life that I um, spend time around and notice, notice these things. And I have to work hard at not judging them because I realized a long time ago, I do exactly the same things. I am so far from perfect that I almost sit in this imperfection going, you know what? Nah, I've done that. Um, Especially, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but driving in a car (laughs) in traffic, I mean, we have Sydney traffic here, so I don't know what it's like everywhere else in the world, but wow, 
it is so I feel like if you're in a car or if you're behind a computer screen or a phone you know the term keyboard warriors I swear it's like I don't know we become someone else so I in those situations really 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 have to check myself and remind myself um, you know not to dehumanize the other person in the car or the other person making that comment and you guys may know if you are especially on my Instagram you may have seen some of the really horrendous um, criticism that I have received from people who I just don't I'm not sure why they're on my page anyway so yes it's a reminder to all of us to um, you know to model what we want to see in in the world but in our kids so let's talk about that we expect our kids to learn patience for example or we would like our kids to be patient and yet many times when we are stressed and frazzled and running late um, or we need something fast our kids uh, we tell our kids hurry up I don't have time stop it stop wasting time you're moving too slow just get in the car or I need to be on zoom in five minutes or you know work you know my phone is ringing whatever that is there are many times in which we are not patient and yet we kind of tell our kids off for a lack of patience when they want something or they want us or they want help with, I don't know, the TV or dinner or food. <laughs> so there's one, there's one element I think a lot of us can resonate with. We also often expect our kids to listen and to do what we say without delay, right? Get in the shower, do your homework. Can you go get my charger? Or can you go get that thing from the car? Or put your shoes away, uh, you know, put your clothes away, get off the computer, iPad, TV, whatever it is. We want our kids to, when we ask them to do something, to, I want to say, quote unquote, be respectful, respect us as parents, and to do what we say straight away. We want them to uh, uh, um, obey or comply, right? How many times are we doing something, we're in the middle of something, just like our kids are when they're watching a show or whatever. Um, we're doing something and we tell our kids, excuse me, give me a minute. What? Stop tapping me and bothering me. Don't interrupt me. And we get really frustrated when they need our attention or something from us and we're not listening, right? We're not respecting them. We, we don't listen um, and we don't do what they ask on the double. So another, another moment, and I've seen this in myself a bajillion times, like all of these behaviors. So don't, don't think that I'm like preaching here because I'm perfect. Um, we also often show, we expect our kids not to show disappointment some of those um, tough or unpleasant emotions. We, when they get a, when they get a gift, when um, you know their their sibling won't share something with them, when things don't go their way, we don't like it when they are disappointed and upset. We tell them to suck it up, to stop being so silly. It's not a big deal. You know, um, there's more times we can go to the park, or we can buy more biscuits, another more cookies, another day at the grocery store. We don't like dealing with that disappointment. We think our kids should be fine and should be able to manage that emotion, right? How many times, I, this just happened to me the other day, our plans were at risk of going out the window. <laughs> and I felt this like foreboding disappointment. Um, I think it was my my son, didn't want to, he didn't want to go somewhere. I can't even remember where it was now. Oh yeah, it was a play date and um, that we'd organized because it's summer holidays here. And I felt this like impending doom of, please don't 
say that you don't want to go, don't ruin our day. I've packed snacks. We're meeting our friends from school, you know, at the, I think it was at like a pub. Anyway, oh my goodness. Like I, I just, I witnessed it in myself firsthand. I was like, wow, look at this, how agitated I'm getting at the fact that he's like, I don't want to go. Do we have to, why, who's going to be there? And so on. So we expect our kids to be fine and to move through problems or issues. And we don't do that. We can get very frustrated. I don't know about you guys, but you know, I, I have heard, I have heard parents and I'm sure I've said it at one point myself, parents saying, don't ruin this for us. You're making a scene, stop being silly. It's organized. You're going, or we're going, you know, we don't allow the disappointment in our kids. We don't like feeling it in ourselves. So we, we cannot have this standard, this impossible standard of our kids to deal with the disappointment or um, frustration when we don't always do it very well ourselves. Um, another thing that I think we often expect our kids to do too much or, or too well is to manage their anger maturely. So this is a big one. It's a very common one I talk about, obviously, in terms of emotional intelligence. You know, our kids will blow up or explode or yell or, or whatever it is. Um, and yet we say things like, how dare you? You know, when our kids are exploding, get in your room. You know, I've had it with you today. We explode and blow up and we do not manage our anger when our kids start to be angry. Right. It's like it's like this um, cyclone or this we get we get um, caught up in it. Right. We want our kids to handle that big emotion maturely and we don't all the time. Right. So it's, you can see I'm getting at double standards. I'm getting at all these things. And it, <laughs> it's emotional intelligence is no walk in the park. It takes so much commitment and self-discipline that it's honestly a lifelong journey. Um, I think something else that is really interesting to have a look at in ourselves is that we often expect our kids to communicate effectively when they are under stress. Or something isn't going their way right we tell them to use their words it's a common one we might say tell him you don't like that or we might just say use your words we might say ask with your manners we will be on our kids back to express how they're feeling to use their words to communicate with us instead of just blow up or melt down or or grizzle or grumble or whine. And yet we do not always communicate effectively and clearly to the people around us, our kids, our partner, our spouse, whoever. Sometimes if we're in the heat of the moment, we might just say, oh my God, are you serious? Jeez, come on. Like none of those words, what did I say about six words? None of those words are clearly communicating what's going on, how I'm feeling or what we need from the situation or what we want the other person to do. <laughs> So we are not always in that space where we can do that, um, but that that's on us. That's our responsibility. I want you guys to almost imagine having, I'm, I'm going to ham it up, so bear with me just to prove my point. <laughs> imagine having a trainer, like a personal trainer who ate really terribly and you went out to dinner or lunch and they ordered like six things off the menu all the sweets, burger with fries. And, and they're like, ah, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, nah, come on. You know, you live once and you're like, what? I'm trying to, you know, you tell me to eat healthy and to, I don't know, watch, watch carbs. I don't know what it is these days. 
Imagine that having that kind of a person trying to teach you how to eat healthy or lose weight. Imagine learning how to drive as a 16 year old, which is what it is here at least. Imagine learning how to drive from someone who is a non-driver, like they do not drive cars. They're a, nah, I'm a bus person. Imagine how they're gonna teach you that. Imagine learning French from an Italian speaker. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty impossible. My point is, if we are not emotionally intelligent, we cannot model this to our kids. We're not going to be able to practice it. We're not going to be able to, we're not going to be using it, in, especially in the big kind of, the moments where the rubber hits the road. That's where we're going to struggle because we're going to be modeling all the wrong things. All right? So kids are really smart and kids are deeply intuitive. And without going into the details about how and why, you know, we need to trust that, but we do know about mirror neurons. So these cells in our brain and our kid's brain that reflect back to them what they're seeing in us in terms of emotions and behavior. And they're kind of registering, do you need to feel like that? I think you need to feel like that. Look, that person is angry. You, you, it happens to us when maybe you have a partner who comes home after one of those, one of those days everything that could go wrong did go wrong and so he or she is in one of those moods uh, er, you know stressed beyond belief and that pretty quickly that kind of flows out onto you it's happened to me it happens to my husband like we have conversations about how if one of us is upset or stressed the other feels it and I notice it I notice it like going back and forth between me and him and I'm like oh I'm causing that or I'm creating that or I'm impacting I'm influencing his mood it's it's crazy right so so this is this is a big thing to really understand our kids are it just goes beyond okay our kids are sponges and they're learning from us modeling they they truly truly are i remember a mom that i coached oh, probably well over a year ago now and she had two boys and she would describe them as being a handful and often arguing and things and i remember one of our early sessions she came on zoom and said ah oh, the boys are not listening at all this week they've been arguing, fighting, they're on a punishment at the moment. And I was like, ooh, here we go. <laughs> like I was like, okay, let's do this. They're on a punishment at the moment. They've got no devices all weekend. And I was like, ooh, how's that gonna go? And their belligerent was her word. So, you know, she was having a really tough time with them. Um, she herself was busy with work, stressed and, and things like that. So real challenging situation. And like we had we had to have a conversation about, OK, without with this thing, without blame, a conversation about um, are you when when the boys are fighting or arguing, are you hearing out their side of the stories? And no, she wasn't. She was going straight to right. That's it. No iPads. Get in your rooms, you know, just separating them. For, for peace kind of thing, which I totally understand. You know, I've been there. But she wasn't listening to their sides of the story. She wasn't listening to what the argument was about or the conflict or whatever. So there's the whole, my kids are not listening. And yet she wasn't taking the time to listen to them. Um, the arguing as well. She said, yeah, like I'm at my wit's end and I end up yelling. So there's that kind of um, that back and forth flow, the, those similarities. The boys were arguing and fighting and then she was arguing with them, stop arguing, you know, I've had it, that sort of thing. She was using these sort of quick methods to try and stop the behavior, stop the boys from um, arguing or, or to make them listen, you know, to punish them. 
and she was not using any of the problem solving or the conflict resolution skills like the things that we actually want to see in our kids she was like I want them to be able to work this out on their own I don't want to have to be the referee all the time so the point is that we we need to be aware of okay what am I bringing to these situations how am I showing up maybe what impact or influence am I having as a parent here Notice I didn't say, am I causing this? And what is my terrible behavior creating in my kids? No, no, none of that. But we are just, I guess, dialing up our self-awareness in these moments to think, okay, how am I contributing or influencing? What could I do differently? What am I doing that maybe I need to stop doing? Or maybe what do I need to start doing? You know, with this mum, starting to, you know, look at how can we spend time to use our words, to communicate clearly and to listen to he said this and then he did that and this is why they got into an argument and things like that and what can we do next time. So I have a few questions. I've got three questions that I jotted down when I was thinking about this episode and I want you guys to have a think about them. It is so powerful to be able to self-coach in a way. Like this is this is something that's made a big difference for me and a big difference for the parents that I coach and that I work with. It's the ability to reflect on our own practices and our own habits and our own patterns of behavior and think, oh yeah, I do that. Oh yeah, and I'm not doing that. I'm not doing enough of that. We have to be able to see our patterns. Sometimes we don't. And so that's what number three is for, but let me start at number one. What do you want to see in your kids? And are you modeling that? Number two is where are the moments in which you get really triggered? Start there, okay? So remember I was talking about the story of the mum that I coached. Where are the moments in which you get really triggered with your kids or maybe with just someone else, your partner or someone at work? Start there. Like think of that behavior, what that person is doing or not doing. And then here's the third one. This is like a bonus. It's almost like a bonus one because it's extra challenging. Ask your kids to notice in you these behaviors that are upsetting or triggering or frustrating them or that they don't like. Ask your kids to notice those behaviors in you and give them permission to call them out in you. Mm. It could be um, an eye roll or it could be a huff or a crossed, um, crossed arms. It could be yelling. It could be punishing. It could be, you know, you don't spend enough time with us or you're always busy on your phone or you work too late. Like, just be prepared. I wonder if we can be prepared and be that open and vulnerable to at least start the conversation with our kids and ask them um, what are what are the things that you notice in me and when you notice that I'm let's just pick yelling you know when you notice I'm yelling or raising my voice I want you to tell me maybe we use a code word maybe you can just tell me mom you're doing that thing again mom you're yelling you're too loud like give them permission to do that how wild would that have been if I suggested it like 20 years ago 20, 30 years ago. Maybe it's it's wild now to some people and I totally get that. But that is something that it doesn't mean your kids uh, become the parent and they get to tell you off and punish you. And there's this loss of like, I don't know, the power dynamic or, or that. But it's actually giving your kids the respect, the mutual respect to say, hey, if I'm not showing up how I'm how I would like you to or all of us to as a family like these are our values then you can let me know that's pretty huge I have invited parents in my chaos to connection group to do that that's my three-month program 
and I always do that at this particular week. We have separate modules each week um, about things like this, about our behavior, about our patterns, about our triggers, about emotions and emotional intelligence and, and the nervous system and the brain. And I always invite parents to do this and I, I ask for feedback and it's, it is not something that is easy to do. And the parents that do it say it was like, some say it was tough, others go, it was liberating. But my point is, it's something that we have to bring ourselves, you know, we have to dial up our emotional intelligence, dial up our, our vulnerability and our kind of commitment to this. And I want to say our self-discipline because this is, like I said, we've, we've got to start with us. I want to finish up with um, a couple of thoughts. The goal here is not to teach kids this way because you will be waiting for results. Like you don't want to think, okay, I'm going to model all these things. I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to wait for my kids to communicate clearly, to manage their emotions, to deal with that anger maturely. That is not the goal here. I know we, of course, we all want to raise emotionally intelligent kids. I do. But if we can let that go, because you're going to be waiting for results and you're not going to see them immediately. I mean, you might, but you're not going to see like this, vroom, like, you know, explosion of emotional intelligence and, and everything like that. Our kids still have under construction brains. <laughs> so do it for your own emotional intelligence growth. That's remember, that is all that's all we can do. That's all we can only control ourselves and we can only work on ourselves. We can't work on our partner directly or our kids. We cannot control or manipulate or, you know, pull the strings. We can influence people around us with our emotional intelligence, but that can't be our goal. So I want you to keep that in mind is kind of to let that go. So do it for your own emotional intelligence growth. Their emotional intelligence growth will be a beautiful byproduct and that will come and you will see glimmers. I see moments with my kids all the time. We have ups, we have downs, but man, I see these moments and I think I've got to write that down or I, I don't want to forget that. I want to record it in my diary or my journal. So I hope you took a lot away from that. I think, at, you know, as I said at the start, we have these kind of somewhat hidden hypocritical habits that it just takes a little bit of self-awareness, a bit of like dialing up our emotional intelligence, um, turning our eyes inward to look at ourselves when something triggers us. I want to thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for next week's episode. That's going to be a really, really exciting one. I've got some awesome stuff in the works. And if you would like any information on my Chaos to Connection program, I mentioned that really briefly. It's a three month deep dive. We're actually starting the doors open now and we are starting in February and wherever you are in the world, you can join. There's so much to be taken away from that program. I have amazing, incredible parents who've been through it. This is, will be my 14th round. So it has evolved over many years. Um, it started out as a eight week and then a 10 week and now 12 weeks or three months. So it is amazing. And we go through all kinds of things like brain development, like why is my child behaving like this? What can I do about it? Their behavior, the nervous system, ourselves as parents, our habits, our patterns, our childhood, you know, why we are the way we are and what we can do about it. And uh, if you guys know, or if you've heard a little bit about EFT, that's Emotional Freedom Techniques, that is a, a brilliant um, mind and body stress reduction 
technique that I also weave in in one of the weeks in one of the modules. So really, really powerful for understanding and overcoming triggers. Whew. So please let me know if you want information on that. Probably the best way. I know all my links are below um, in the show notes, but you guys are more than welcome to either jump on my website, stephaniepinto.com, and you can navigate to the um, Chaos to Connection section, or you can just fill in a form on that on the website, a really easy one that, you know, asks for information on that and we'll get back to you. My team will set up a time for us to chat. So that is super exciting, starting very soon. And it's a nice small capped group of parents. So you're in the right place if you want to learn more about this. And if you feel alone, then that's even more of a reason to come because no matter where you're in the world or, or who your kids are and what, what they're like and what you're struggling with, there are always, always a handful of really specific common themes that parents struggle with in the group. And to be honest, most people who go through it make lifelong friends with other friends by the end of the three months. So awesome container to be in. Okay, have a great week and stay safe, guys, and I'll see you in the next one. Take care.